Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor... You can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the now 10th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today, I have with me Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, to get started, why don't you tell people a little bit about your podcast if they haven't heard about it? Oh, man, it's a wild one. Um, it, I, it's called Macroaggressions. I do two shows a week. One is an interview. One is a monologue uh, episode. I tackle topics that are really interesting to me or you know, things that are global fuckery government uh, agents doing horrible things, uh, crimes committed by uh, people in positions of high power. I, I, everything that the establishment wants to keep hidden, I try to cover and expose. So that's really, I guess that would be my, my mission is in, in this. I've written a couple books. Uh, and after doing the first book and promoting it everywhere, I wound up... Um, getting kind of almost kind of getting talked into doing a podcast at first i wasn't sure i wanted to do it and my my partner on that is tony merkel he he has a podcast called the confessionals which is like bigfoot and ghost stories and all these things and he's like you should really do this podcast and he kind of talked me into it i'm glad he did and so it's been going for a little over two years now i really enjoy doing it and then in the process you know while i'm doing that i'm also writing so i've got several books that are out as well uh, what are your current books that you're working on or that you just finished? Um, I just finished um, a couple months ago. I put this one out. This is called, called Hypocrisy, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double Standards. Uh, this one is about, um, well, it's just about like, you know, the it's just about hypocrites. And most of them are running the world. So I tackle things like uh, the media and the woke mob and religion and and you know celebrities and all of this stuff all the people that are telling you to do one thing and then simultaneously doing the exact opposite i find that to be the most infuriating trait in a person and we're all guilty of it on on some levels of course you try to keep it to a minimum but then again you know it's the people that are really in in power 
that are doing things like this that make me insane. So uh, I like to point it out and document it in the book. And so that's that was book number three. Uh, number two came out on election day, right here, Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. I wrote this with Jeff Berwick. It's a number one bestseller. We got uh, we got lucky on the timing of that one. It came out like on the Friday before the election and then on election Tuesday, it was a, a number one bestseller. And the, the irony that if you read that book, you will never vote ever again, you know, and for it to happen on election day, I thought was perfect. So, so that's what, so the writing keeps me busy. The podcasts uh, allow me to let off a little bit of steam twice a week and, uh, and I'm enjoying, I've been enjoying it. What about you? What, how'd you get into this? Oh, weirdly enough, I've been a long time listener to a lot of podcasts and uh, ended up hitting up Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy and said, hey, man, uh, I'd like to see what it's like to podcast. Um, you think I could be like a co-host on one of your shows or something? And he pretty much sent, said back to me that he wants me to come on as a guest. So that was going to be three weeks out. So I ended up throwing this podcast together and kind of ended up doing a lot of things that I've been meaning to do. Uh, intern. So inquiries of our reality is a very fitting name because I've always been a person that questions people. So hence, you know, why I'm, I sit here and question everybody that comes on my show. Right. So it all kind of fell into place. And it's also leaving like a chronicle for my kids to become free thinkers and just know that, you know, there's a lot more options out there. And that, for example, our government's lying to us. Like I've been very adamant about the whole COVID situation and not getting vaccinated and not falling into all that agenda of all that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's a nice opportunity. I get to speak out. And then like you were saying, I get to vent out the, my frustrations. So I got one thing I was going to bring up today a little bit later on the show about kind of a corporate takeover. But other well, than let that, me just say this, that in a, in a synchronistic sort of way, if people are listening to macroaggressions, Mark Steves will be my guest on Sunday. <laughs> so. Hey, man, everything works out for a reason. That's what I I've been sure saying. Does. <laughs> kind of funny. Yesterday, I had a kind of like a spiritual thing go on and I ended up having a spiritual type guest. And then today... I had like a bunch of corporate takeover type stuff going on. And then today I happen to be on with you. So everything kind of just falls into place how it should. I can go wherever we want to go, man. It's cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love, I love to, to get into the corporate stuff, but I also talk to Mark about, you know, mushrooms and stuff. <laughs> so I can talk about. <laughs> See, that's always definitely one of my uh, high up conversations because I'm an amateur mycologist myself. So definitely can dive into that one a bit too. But I guess to start it off, what's, uh, what's your favorite topics that you've been diving into lately? Well, I mean, it's funny to, 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 it's, it's hard to call it a favorite topic, but it, but like the most pressing topic that I, that the one that gets me the most insane is the mainstream media. I just can't with these people. And of course, CNN today announced that CNN plus is being dissolved after three weeks. Like, what did you guys think was going to happen? Nobody's watching your free television. You think you're going to get people to pay $6 a month to, to, to watch your, I mean, they lost 90% of their viewers since Trump left and I'm, I'm no Trump fan, but, but it, it is, it is delicious to watch them uh, completely fall apart. So I, my, my, you know, my major gripe of course has been uh, the mainstream media, but, but you know, what really kind of got me into this whole thing was um, the money that not not making money, but understanding money, you know, was in 2007, I was working in new home sales in Las Vegas. And it was like the peak of the market, you know, and everything was great. And someone gave me John Perkins book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And I read that during this trip I was on. 
and it was explaining how like the IMF and World Bank would loan money to countries that had no business borrowing this money from them because they couldn't pay it back, loan money to them to build like a hydroelectric power plant. And when they fell behind on their payments, which they always did because they were designed that way, they would then take back tangible assets or they would take like make them privatize their fishing industry and sell it to their buddies at Goldman Sachs or something, you know, some really crappy deal. And so I'm, I'm reading this book and I'm going, oh my God, this is like what is happening in my life in a smaller version in Las Vegas, where these banks are loaning money to people that are trying to buy houses from me that have no business buying houses, but they're getting approved. And so they're like, I guess I can buy this house. And then years later, when everything tanks, they're, they default much like Ecuador would default in this uh, confessions book. And 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 the banks would take back tangible assets. They'd take back the house. And I was like, this is just like a smaller version of the scam. So what really got me like into this whole world was trying to understand how the money system works, how the World Bank and IMF and Federal Reserve and what is money and how who creates it and why is there interest and what's a central bank and all that stuff that sort of seems boring on the, you know, nobody really gets exciting about, about banking, but when you see how it's used to enslave people, it became quite apparent to me, like, I should probably understand how this works because it seems like they're taking advantage of people that don't know how it works, myself included. I lost two houses during that big crash in, in 08 as well. And so I didn't want, I just didn't want to be a sucker anymore. And that led me down that path of trying to read as much as I could and see like, what can I, you know, how can I come to understand this system, how it's really set up? Cause I don't think it works the way we're told it works. And then, you know, that's starts you down one rabbit hole and then that leads you. And then next thing you know, you're doing podcasts and writing books. <laughs> hey man, I've been saying since the beginning, the system's rigged right from the start. And anytime that like credit essentially is just building up so that you could you remain a slave to the system the rest of your life because no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to dig yourself back out of that hole. And the way that the system's working now, it's like you can barely keep your head above water, let alone pay back all these bills. Like I'm, I'm just one of the people stuck in that situation, just like anybody. Yeah, yeah, it keeps you uh, like a little rat on a on a on a hamster or a hamster on a wheel. You know, just kind of going and going and going, and you, you're afraid to stop because the you'll you'll flip over, you know, or the, it'll shoot you out the back end. So you, you have to kind of, you know, it, it helps to understand how the, where there are traps so that you can stay out of them. But you mentioned something earlier, like you might've, you might've not, you might've stepped in the trap like we all did when it comes to the money thing, but you didn't step in the trap when it comes to vaccines. So it's like, it, it always pays to understand the system. And you might, you say, well, okay, fine. I, I I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a bind on the money thing because I, I, I couldn't, I didn't see the, I didn't understand that it's a carnival game. That's totally rigged, but I did, you know, I, I, I am aware of these other things and I'm suspicious of the pharmaceutical industry and I'm suspicious, suspicious of, of the media and, and all of in the military and all these things and the establishment religious organizations and what they're trying to talk to you about doing. And, and so you know, we're all going to screw up. We're all going to get stuck in these things. That's how we learn. You know, that's how, that's how I, um, that's, that's, that's how I, I come to understand this stuff. Not because I'm so smart and I figured it all out and look at all these people that never figured it out. I, I came to understand this stuff because I got tired of being this, the sucker at three card Monty. That's like, where is it? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, 
the game is inherently rigged. And until you understand how it works, you're just going to be the sucker playing three card Monty, not understanding that that guy and that guy and that guy over there are all working in concert to steal all your money. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it just kind of, um, you know, I, I felt like, okay, I, I just wanted to go around the other side of the table and say, all right, guys, I understand this is a rigged game. Just show me how it works. I'm not playing anymore. I just want to understand it. And so from that understanding uh, of the finances led me to try to understand, okay, well, if this is a scam and it is, then what about these other things? Are they scams? And it's like, oh yeah, those are scams too. Like, oh, let's show you, we'll show you how NATO works and let's show you how uh, the media uh, um, creates the pretext for all these wars. And you're like, oh my God. But, but, but then it became like sitting down with a magician and the magician saying like, all right, I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to show you this trick. And then the next time you see that trick, you always know how it works. So it's, it, it's incremental. It kind of builds on itself. So for people that are out there that are like, I don't know, I don't understand all this stuff or I, or I understand part of it, but I don't understand the big picture. You'll figure it out. It, it all builds on itself. You need to understand the basics and then, you know, then, then, then more things will come to you and you'll go, Oh yeah, that sounds a whole lot like that central banking scam that I heard of. And it's like, yes, you're right. You're on the right track. So for those people out there that don't, they feel like, Oh, I don't have it all figured out. None of us have it all figured out, but you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. Just try it. Find one part, one avenue of this stuff that interests you a lot. Try to understand that the best that you can. And what, what I promise you is that it'll be connected to something else because they're all connected. And, uh, and once you understand one aspect of it and you see how the, how that scam works, go, Oh, well, let me look at this. Do I see some of the, do I see some of the same people involved? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good indicator. Are they saying one thing and doing the other? Yes. How are they doing? You know? So after a while you get to the point where you're, you're just fluent in bullshit. You know, you're fluent in, in reading what they say when the, when the news comes on and they say things like, you know, sources familiar with the president's thinking said that the Russians are about to invade Ukraine tomorrow and everything. And you go, and like your buddy's sitting next to you going, oh shit, they're about to invade. And you go, no, no, no. Did you hear what they said? They said, sources close to the president's thinking said this. What the fuck does that mean? That means nothing. That ought to, that, that should be replaced with the CIA said this. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So you'll, you'll get better at like recognizing these terms and tactics and phrases and all these things. And after a while, you, you watch the news, you watch the nightly news, and you're watching a totally different pro- broadcast than the person sitting next to you. I was going to say my wake up call, I started listening to No Agenda and they started telling you how to deconstruct the news. And ever since I've watched the news, since watching that show, it's like I can see through all their bullshit. And it's like like you were saying, it's a continuous thing that you figure out one piece, then it continues into the rest. And a lot of it links yeah. to money or resources of some extent. But uh, the farther you go, the deeper it gets and the re- you realize how, how messed up everything is. And then you'll realize that, you know, they're pushing this vaccine because this person also is part of this company and that company produces part that they use for the vaccine. So they're making themselves money by pushing the vaccines. And the fact that uh, they recently came out and said that the tests they were doing for it were also testing positive for flus and colds also shows that they were just boosting up even more money from it, that they were probably injecting people with things that they didn't even need because they didn't even have 
the virus to begin with. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you start to like things in your life that you've just walked by a million times and not really thought of, or, you know, concepts that you've never really explored all of a sudden start to take on a different meaning. Like as an example, you go into like a CVS or a Walgreens, right? During the winter. And it'll say like, receive your $10 gift card for getting the flu shot. I'm talking pre-COVID, but receive your $10 gift card uh, for getting for taking the free flu shot. And you're like, oh, cool. A free shot and I get $10. What a great deal. And, and then, but after you go, after you start to understand vaccines and the industry and everything, you go, hang on a second, let me examine this free deal that they're giving me. Why would CVS and Walgreens be giving me a free shot to begin with? Why would they be paying me to take a free shot? Why would they be giving me a free gift card just to take a, a shot that's supposed to be good for me? And it's like, because you're going to get the flu from the flu shot. And then you're going to come back in there and spend $60 on flu medicine. Yeah. They give you a $10 coupon. (laughs) Right. Right. And you're going to use your $10 card. You were so actually you'll pay, you'll spend 50, but you'll, you know, you'll it'll cost you 60, but you have a $10 gift card. And then you go, wait a second, this is a scam. This is, this is not what it appears to be. And these little tiny things will then like jump out at you. It, it, it's, um, Dude, my dad good. fell victim to that whole system too. He goes and gets the flu shot every year. He swears by it. I tell him every year, I don't get it. I don't get the flu. You get it every year. You get the flu. And every single time I talk to him, he, uh, he has some, some new thing going on. And I've been trying to tell him for years, like these doctors are just trying to suck money out of you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's certain things that are wrong with you, but now they're exploiting other things and making you think that there's something wrong with you because they're making money off of you continuously coming back. They're never going to make money off of you being cured. It, it's, it's one of the, yeah, I mean, in, in the, the pharmaceutical industry in America is, is, is such a, a, a racket. I mean, people, are, people go, well, you know, the doctors, you know, they, they care about us, they take care of us. It's like, well, then why is, why is it the American medical system the third leading cause of death in America behind heart disease and cancer? It's like, it is? Yeah, it is. Well, how come I didn't hear about that on, on my nightly news? Surely, if this was a big deal, surely if these shots were giving everyone uh, autism, I'd hear about it on my nightly news. And you go, well, did you know that your nightly news gets 60% of their ad revenue from big pharma? Like, mm-hmm. no, I didn't know that. It's like, see, you have to connect these dots. And once you do, um, you and, and once you become sort of like less naive to the fact that these corporations are not your friends and that the medical industry doesn't make a lot of money on you being healthy and they don't make a lot of money on you being dead. They make their money on right in the middle with you being sick. You know, so they give you a pill and that gives you two more problems. So it cures that one thing, but it gives you two more elements. You have to come right back. Right. And, and this is a scam that people don't figure, a lot of people don't figure it out until it's too late. So it's sad. It's frustrating. I wish we didn't live in this world, but, but, but since we do, I think it's, it's sort of like, as I became, as I went down this journey of just trying to understand this stuff and I hadn't written any books or anything. Uh, I remember having a conversation with my mom where I was explaining something like this. I was like, did you know about this? And I was explaining some new, I don't know, conspiracy I thought I'd discovered or something. And she said, well, what do you, this is all interesting. It's fascinating stuff. You've got all this information. What are you going to do with it? And I never, it never crossed my mind. I had to do anything with it. But, but what I found was that if you come to this information, you, 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 you may very well feel like you have a duty and obligation to tell other people about it, you know, because it's, 
because to know that this is happening and to not say anything in my mind makes you sort of um, maybe not a co-conspirator, but may, may, you're certainly not helping things. Uh, so I decided, well, okay, well, I'm, I'm starting to figure this out. And, and again, I'm not trying to say I have it all figured out. Nobody does, but you get these pieces and you put this puzzle together as best as you, as you can. And in my way of, of, of getting the information out was to, was to write a book. And that was the first book, The Octopus of Global Control. And that came out in 2017. And then from there, that sort of led me down this bizarre path of writing more books and podcasts and, and, and all of that. But, but you feel like, you almost kind of feel like, you know, like hardcore religious people or, or that, that discover I don't know, Christianity and they're like, oh my God, this is so great. It's changed my life. It's made everything better. And then they want to go tell everyone about it, but they're super, they're maybe too enthusiastic and kind of scare people off and come across as a little bit unhinged and crazy. We can, we in the alternative media, we can are certainly guilty of that as well from time to time. <laughs> That's know? what I so, was going to say. Yeah. So we have to kind of like, I get it though. I understand now. I understand the, the really religious people that feel this duty and obligation to kind of spread the word and talk about what they found because it's like improved their lives. And it's like, oh, it's improved my life. I think it'll improve your life. I understand that now when it, not in a religious sense, but in the and we come to this information, we find out about it. And then we go, you know, I feel like I should tell everybody about this. And, and so that's what I've been doing is trying to tell everyone about it while simultaneously trying to also not sound insane because this stuff set this, a lot of this stuff sounds like insane, but yeah, especially but when people get into the whole reptilian concept, because like half oh, yeah. of them mean actual reptilians and then the other half are kind of using it as a metaphor. So it's like you hear the in-between and kind of just throws people away from, you know, podcasts like ours, but kind of yeah. seems like people are coming to podcasts now for the news instead of actually main news. And it seems like these conspiracy type podcasts are actually starting to become the most truthful news source, weirdly enough. It's really true. And, you know, and, and here's the thing we don't look, we're not going to get it right every time, but I'll tell you, in, 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 but I'll tell you the, the audience is, is okay with that because they know that we're trying to get it right you know, we're going to try our best. They can't say the same for the mainstream media. The mainstream media is wrong and they're trying to get it wrong and they're trying to deceive you. We are trying to get it right. We might not do it every single time. And we understand that we're going up against professional disinformation agents in the CIA and, and intelligence groups that are really good at what they do. So it's hard to get it right every time. But I think people will allow you a certain amount of flexibility for, for, for missing on something as long as they believe that you're coming from the right place and that you're trying to tell them the truth and your, your intentions are clear. I agree with you. I think people are, are going to the alternative media to get their news because they don't know where else to get it. And they know that the well is poisoned in on the mainstream. And it is. Yeah. Cause it's like, no matter you, if you hear left or right side, you still get the same story and it still pushes the same views. So it's like, people think that they're doing doing something good by picking a side but realistically they're just polarizing everybody so that they fight amongst each other and then they can pull some more sly shit and, and there's also this really in there's this there's this concept when it comes to the media that's like well if abc nbc cbs cnn and msnbc and fox are all reporting on it then it must be real you know, like if they're all talking about this story, it must be real because clearly they're all investigating it separately. And then they're talking, about, that's an assumption we make. There's no, there's no 
there's no truth to that. They've, I've, I can find plenty of examples of them working together and lying completely about a, a whole, uh, about an event that didn't happen or, mm-hmm. or an event that happened a totally different way. So we make this assumption that if they're all reporting it, it must be real. And then there's a secondary component to that assumption is that if none of them are talking about it, then it must not be real too, you know? So it's like, if they're all deciding to not talk about, as in, since I mentioned this earlier, uh, the relationship between autism and vaccines, they're not talking about it. The normies go, well, listen, if, if this was a real thing, clearly I would have heard about it on my nightly news. And since I didn't, then it must not be real. And it's like, that's, that's the assumption you're making. They're suppressing it, you know? So, so we're in a, we're in a world where you, you, you cannot trust your television at all. I think people are starting to wake up to that. A lot of us have already, but but you you can't trust your television. So who do you trust? Well, can you trust people you don't know on in your podcast? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but it's but at least you know that they're not heavily financed. They're not literally working and drawing a paycheck from the CIA. Uh, they're they're trying to get this stuff right and uh, and and you know collectively put our heads together. We'll we'll figure out a lot of this. And some some people are better at it than others, and some people have larger platforms than others. But but I am uh, you know I'm in favor of there being more people out there doing shows talking about this stuff and uh, and spreading the word because it's it's really essential that we that we have the conversation now about like what like what's really happening on this planet because it's it's um and I hate to sound so like I don't know dire or anything but like it's kind of like now or never I mean the the, the we're being walked into a, a digital prison that if we don't stop this um you know they're gonna lock the lock the door and throw away the key on us going back to something you said a little bit earlier before i jump into this next part um i feel like a lot of what's wrong with like the medical field and a lot of journalists isn't necessarily that all of them want to lie it's they're scared of losing their jobs over trying to tell the truth like i have a doctor in the family and he's scared to say anything but he pretty much says that almost everybody on his side of the medical field knows that all this covid stuff is bullshit that the vaccines don't work and he's scared to recommend it to people but he is pretty much forced to over the fear of losing his job. And it's the same with a lot of these journalists. They try to push a story. And as soon as, you know, somebody catches wind of it, then it's shut down, they're gone. And then they're completely blacklisted from anything that they worked for. So it's like, the nice part about this is that, you know, there's no platform that can pull anything away from us. There's no agenda being pushed. So it's up to the listener to decide who they believe is telling the truth. Right. And there's a, there's a great clip uh, from years ago with Noam Chomsky, where he's talking to this guy at the BBC. Um, it's not, it's a, it's an interview. It's starting to turn a bit confrontational and the, in the interviewer gets a little annoyed with Noam Chomsky and he says, well, wait a second. Are you, are you trying to tell me that I don't believe the things that I'm saying? And Chomsky says, listen, what I'm trying to tell you is that if you believed something different, you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting. And so part of this is that they have to have empty vessels that don't give a shit about the truth working at these mainstream media operations, you and I are not going to be, get hired at MSNBC anytime soon. Not because we wouldn't be able to do the job, not because we wouldn't be great on camera or have the information. It's that we would just, at, at some point, we would be like, this is all, it's all bullshit. <laughs> you know, they drag us off the off, off set, you know, in the middle of our show, you know, because we, we just couldn't do it but they need people that believe it. So a lot of the people that are in the media, 
um, they do believe it because that's why they're in the, in that job is because they have been picked. They have been deemed to be like, you know, Oh, we get that. And then there is the, then there's of course the segment that you're talking about, which recognize it, especially the doctors, the doctors recognize it, but what are they going to do? Yeah. They can't license. They have a license that can be pulled from them. And it's like, I didn't go to all this medical school and start this practice and bust my ass and do all this stuff and sent, you know, I got kids in college and all this. I didn't do all that stuff to get my medical license pulled for this. So though I don't, I, 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 I fully understand their dilemma and their situation. I don't respect them for not speaking out, but I understand why they feel they can't. I, mean, I fully understand that. It's like a, it's a math decision. You know, do I, do these things, you know, I am basically pulling the pin on the grenade on my career by, by doing that. Do I, am I in a position where I want to do that? Some doctors are, some doctors are not, but it's, but it's interesting that you said that your, your, your friend is, is knows that, um, that it's all bullshit. I think a lot of, a, a lot of them do. That's what he said. Of, he said, there's a lot of doctors that surprisingly walked out, but you know, like you were saying, he's at a point in his life where he's not going to take back all the work that he put into it. So he's, he's stuck, even though he doesn't agree with it. Like they even forced him to get the vaccine. He didn't even want to get the vaccines. They told him that basically he would have to quit his job if he didn't get it. So it's like, even, even going into some other stuff, they're trying to do like the forced vaccine, but they're trying to slide it under the radar where, uh, what was it exactly? It's supposed to be that you can't work or go to certain places unless you have a vaccine. And then there's another thing for the kids that the kids can't go to school unless they have a vaccine or they can't go to other public spaces or something like that. And uh, I mean, that's kind of a double entendre because then if you don't get your kid's vaccine, what happens? You get in trouble with the truancy officer and then you get put in jail. So you're getting forced to get a vaccine for your kids and you're being forced to get a vaccine to go to work. And people are just kind of letting it slide and they're not seeing the fact that there's like a bigger picture, whether you agree with the vaccine or you don't. Like, it's not necessarily about like, oh, let's help everybody around us anymore. It's about you're giving them the right to tell you what you can and can't put in your body. And once you give that to them, you're never going to get it back. It's almost like after 9-11, you know, having your own personal space going through the airport, like that's never going to come back because you handed it over voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's a prime example of this. It's like people were talking about, well, well, if we will just wear the masks or we'll just do the shots temporarily and everything. I said, OK, all right, let me ask you this. When you get on a plane, are you still taking your shoes off? Yeah. Well, that never went that never went back to normal. So the people that think that it's like, oh, well, this is just temporary and then it'll all go back to the way it used to be. Those people are delusional. They just don't understand. They're not being intellectually honest about, they're not being observant of the world. Those, when you, when you give the government special powers in times of emergency, they will create emergencies in order to justify keeping the special powers. Mm -hmm. That's how they work. That's how they think. That's how, that's how power works. That's how, uh, control works. Fuck, I wrote a book about control. I mean, that that's part of it. They, you don't, they never, you never get it back when you give it away to the government you, or the state, you never get it back. So, uh, you always have to fight to retain your rights, even if they're rights that you don't currently use or care about. You're like, Oh, I'm not a big gun guy, but so I don't really care about second amendment. I'm not a big gun guy either. But I'm in the I'm not in a position where I'm enthusiastic about giving away any rights. You know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm an I'm collecting rights, not giving them away. I'm not asking, I'm not so I might not it might not be my big, 
you know, hill to die on the gun thing, but the giving away rights is. And so even though I don't, it doesn't matter that it's the guns, just substitute guns for, I don't know, anything else. Because if they can take away your ability to defend yourself, or if they can force you into injecting a medical experiment into your body, if you give away your bodily autonomy, then what? strike. It's over. <laughs> You become a robot and, and, you know, consequentially, when you, when, when you dig into why all of this is happening and you find out who the world economic forum is and the fourth industrial revolution, you go, well, what is that all about? What are they trying to do? Oh, they want to put forth the fourth industrial revolution. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Nice. The fourth industrial revolution was that like internet and stuff. Mm, kind of, uh, it's turning you, it's transhumanism. It's turning you into a robot. And yep. it's like, Oh, well, that doesn't sound very good. Well, what do you think the shots are about? What do you think of it? What do you think all this, all this comply or die is about? You know, so, so you give away these things long enough. And the next thing you know, you're a transhuman, you know, oh, with yeah. no rights and because you're not, because you're not even legally human anymore. You've been transformed into something else like a GMO person. You know, you can't patent a, a, a tomato because it's natural. You can patent GMO tomato because they've tweaked it enough so that it's not legally a tomato. It's now something different and they can patent that. So what do you think is going to happen to us? We're humans now, but you take enough of these mRNA technology vaccines and then you become just one degree less human, which is enough for the courts to decide that you're not human at all. And then what? You can be patented. You can be enslaved. You can be owned. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it sounds crazy, but it, it, that's the slippery slope towards this transhumanist uh, dystopian hellscape. But people can't think that far down the road. They're just looking at, at this current thing going, oh, what's it matter if I take the vaccine? You know, Even like, looking into all the, what was it, graphite that all the morticians were talking about that they're finding inside of everybody that got the vaccines. It was almost connecting almost like some type of, type of biometric uh, circuitry. Yeah, people people lighting up uh, Bluetooths and Wi-Fi things, and when they're going in 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 areas, and I mean, listen, this is this is this is this is not conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy analysis because the theory is long gone. the The World Economic Forum's website, weforum.org, is up. You can go look and see what they're talking about. I'm not making this up. You're not making this up. It's there. It's talking about how they want the fourth industrial revolution, which is the blending of man with machines. And that's what they're working on doing. That's what all this is about. So they're just hiding uh, it with a slap on TV. So everybody's talking about that. Even people not there talking about that. And then they're pushing other things while that's going on. And that's always what it comes down to, honestly. And then I even heard a, a newscast the other day. I don't remember exactly what news source it was from, but I heard it on No Agenda, where they were saying that according to a recent, uh, recent poll or recent research or something like that, uh, people that haven't gotten the vaccine have links to like mental insanity, blah, 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 blah. And they just list a bunch of different things. They're just really trying to go for the smear campaign because they're really, really scared of people like us. And I feel like if they're watching anybody, it's definitely like the podcasters like this that are preaching out the message because even in, in the sake of freedom of speech, we're like the last forefront because everybody else is getting silenced at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a shame, but it's predictable. And, and it should be expected that they're going to try and demonize you. They don't, look, they don't want people that um, have original thoughts or that don't, you know, 
play the game. We're just, we're just, I mean, put yourself in their situation, really, if you want to do it this way. They're trying to run the world. They're trying to control the entire world. They're trying to build a one world government and, and control the world. It's not my speculation. They've written many books about it. They talk, they talk about it about openly it. now. They it's not, it's, world it's, order. An, it's an open secret. So that's what they want to do. If you are trying to do that, you want the most compliant people possible. The people that don't comply are going to be a pain in the ass to you. Obviously, we are the pain in the ass to them. So of course, they're going to want us to shut up. They're going to demonize us. They're going to say, you know, those people that don't take the vaccine, you know, they're, they're crazy. But, but that's to be expected. You're going to take that heat from those people. Um, they said something because, too about like, they go against authority, like obviously. Like, what do you think right. is the whole point of this? <laughs> right. They, yeah, they have a, they have a, the, oh, or, or remember they were talking about like, uh, oh, I forget exactly what the term was. I'll, I'll think of it in a second, but it was like um, opposite defiance disorder or That's something like that. And there was like, they were saying that this is like a mental illness. It's like, that's not a mental illness. It's people that don't like the government telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, it's Jack only, up the floor, ride in the water. <laughs> Right. The, the, the mental illness is on your side of the table, guys, not not our side of the table. We don't want to be told what to do by a bunch of maniacs. You guys are telling us, trying to tell us what to do and then saying that we're crazy if we if we stand up for ourselves. So I have no problem with that. I, I, I take it as a as a badge of honor that, you know, that, that they that they have to run these stories. They have to. They have to run these stories calling us crazy and saying that we have mental illness for, for this because things are not going well for them. Their stories aren't landing the way they thought. The plan isn't going according to how they scripted it out. And it is scripted out. You can see Spar's pandemic document. You can see lockstep from uh, 2010. You can see event 201 from 2019. They've scripted all this stuff out. It's not accidental, the things that are happening. And we are throwing a big, gigantic monkey wrench in the whole program, and they don't appreciate it. So I would expect to be uh, demonized more and more. And I and like I said, I wear it as a badge of honor. It's fine with me. So I feel like if anybody, if there was ever a time to get red pilled, it was during this COVID thing. And if you haven't gotten red pilled from that. I don't think that there's necessarily any helping you. So hopefully the majority of us did get red pilled and are at least starting to wake up to these concepts. And now thanks to like, you know, podcasts like this, we're starting to inspire the people that just had a little hankering that something was off and then they start scratching the surface at it. And then, you know, they start working into it and realizing that it's a way bigger concept. Like I got my girlfriend going on this now because we have a corporate takeover going on at our work. And I warned everybody like six months ago that this was going to happen and nobody wanted to listen to me. And now everybody listens to me. It's like, I'm the conspiracy theorist until I become the person that can predict things. That's how it always seems to go down. Yeah. And it's funny because we, you, we, you and I, I mean, I guess I'm speaking for you. I'm pretty sure you don't have a crystal ball. Maybe you do. I don't know. But um, we, 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 we're not like going into a trance or reading Nostradamus's quatrains or anything like that. Like, It's remembering I'm patterns. Not, it's exactly. It's pattern recognition. And as human beings, we're really good at that. We're, we're really good at recognizing when things are uh, similar to something else. And, and the lies that the media told for COVID, though it's a virus, very much line up with the lies that were told about 9-11. Another invisible killer, you know, terrorists, they're, they're, they're all, they're going to get you. They're right around the corner. They're just, they're everywhere, but nowhere at the same time, just like this virus. And it, it, they're definitely going to kill you unless we take away your rights and you give us more money. And you're like, what? How does this, how does this work? So what you can see is you can start to notice these patterns in the way media coordinated lies with the media, 
uh, trying to make anybody that, that, that stands out and thinks, you know, thinks for themselves, trying to demonize them, make them look stupid, uh, trying to, um, you know, uh, ask for more money, trying to fight this invisible enemy that it, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's just a tactic. And once you like, for me, nine 11 woke me up and I was in that generation that watched it and saw it and went, well, you know, I would say that was probably my first conspiracy theory. And I was in first grade at the time, but that was when I started super questioning everything. And I've been into it ever since then. Well, yeah, good. Because that's, that's the thing. And so every, every generation has got, you know, like the, our, you know, like the, the generation before you've got Kennedy, you know, you've got all these things. And, and, and so there's always some big lie and the government goes about trying and the media they i've just i've described it as whether it's kennedy 911 or covid the media is always driving the getaway car on this mm-hmm. they 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 can't do these without the media's uh help and the mainstream corporate media was developed for this purpose only like we 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 tend to think like oh well the news is there to give us the news about what's going on no it was never designed for that it was always designed to give you a story of what's going on cia had been in, in, infiltrated the the mainstream media back in the 60s it was it was it was crafted in a way to disinform and 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 create um it pushes subliminal messages too even looking into old disney or anything Dude, yeah, there's some crazy ones, man. There, so I have to tell this. Since you mentioned subliminal messages and old old TVs and things like that, like I'm old as fuck. So when I was a kid, like when you were like when I was like four years old or five years old or whatever, at, at a certain time at night, the TV would just the programming would end and it would just go to snow. You know, just be like this white black snow. You know, and, but before that. When the programming was ending and before the snow came on, they would play like the Star Spangled Banner and it would, you know, and it would show this video like eagles flying and flags and all this stuff. And underneath the, they have, you can find this. I wonder if you can find it now. I've saw it a while ago, but, but it's like the creepy Biden. It all got taken down as soon as people started catching on to it. Probably, uh, it was it was on YouTube, but you could find this. It was like, and I think this was maybe even from like, the, like early seventies. It it would say like, it, along the bottom, you know how you have closed captioning, and it would it'll 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 say the words. So it was, it was printing the words to the song, and then as the verse would end, it would it would change to the next the next verse, and it would put all those words there. But in that split second between when one set of words were turning, were changing over to the new set of words, there was a very slight gap where it would say something else. And it would say, trust your government, trust your government, trust your government, trust your government. And you could find it and you would watch it and go, what the fuck is going on here? That's that Cold War continuation. It was that, I mean, so this stuff is not new. This stuff has been going on since, oh, for a long, long time. The subliminal messaging and things like that. I don't know, when you say that, someone goes, get out of here with it. You go, no, no, wait, if I find that video, if I could show you that video, you'd watch it and you'd go, I don't even believe I'm seeing this. You could see, man, those tiles, they, the, the letters would turn over kind of like Wheel of Fortune, you know, like when they would like turn the letter over. Mm-hmm. You'd see these letters turning over like simultaneously all across the row. And it would be like, trust your government, do what they say, trust authority, trust authority. And it'd be like, super, like a super Russian thing to do. It sounds like some straight Russian propaganda. 
while simultaneously they were telling us that Russia was all getting propagandized to, but we in America, we have freedom of speech. We don't do that. We tell you the truth and everything. The irony is that the Russians knew that that was propaganda. They knew mm -hmm. that Pravda was no good. They knew that they were being lied to. They knew all that stuff was bullshit. They dealt with it, but they knew it was a lie. We in America would go, oh, those stupid Russians, they don't know anything. They're, they're getting all that propaganda. They don't even know what they're, they don't even know it. And like, meanwhile, it was us. We were getting the propaganda and we didn't know it. Yep. I say, I was looking into something too about Russian propaganda where they said that they started this whole like transition of people uh, starting what, back in the seventies where mm -hmm. you subliminally mess somebody up so much and it continues through generations where you get to a certain point where you can't unprogram them anymore. And then you That's get what we're at currently where you have all these weird movements happening and it's all just signaling and people don't realize what they're doing and they're just polarizing because in order to, to take power over anybody, you need to have two groups fighting. If people want to find that video, they can just search Yuri Bezmenov, G. Edward Griffin. And you'll That's know funny. you're there because they're, they're wearing like 70s clothes. And I got stuck... Uh, I had a layover in Mexico City uh, on my way to speak at an Acapulco, and I was sitting next to G. Edward Griffin, and I was like, "Hey, man, uh, hey, nice to meet you. I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be watching you speak at at a conference, you know, at, at an Acapulco tomorrow." He turned to me and he goes, "I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know." And if we had a layover, and I just talked to him for like an hour about all that stuff, but he was the guy that's interviewing Yuri Bezmenov in those videos, and he, and and he's talking to him about, he's saying, "Well, explain to us how." how the propaganda works. And Yuri's saying, a former KGB agent, he's saying, listen, what we would do is we would subject these people, not, not, I don't know if it was him actually, but he was just saying the KGB, would, what they would do for tests, uh, they would take a group of people and they would subject them to just horrible news nonstop for 60 days. And he'd said that at the 61st day, you know, like after two months, um, you could then, you could say to those people, you know, all that bad stuff I told you, it's not true. It's not happening. We were wrong. We got it. Whatever you can make up. You could say, well, it was all not, not, the, not real. We got it wrong. And, and it's actually all these things are good. You know, we're going to, it's all going to be good. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about all that stuff. And it didn't matter. Yep. Like the people's brains were so broken after just 60 days that it, 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 there was nothing you could do to bring them back. They were permanently broken. And I remember thinking about that during COVID. Thinking, There's a lot of people that are still wearing masks and they're, they're definitely those permanently broken ones. You got it. That's it. And people are like, how can you know, these people still? And like the KGB can tell you why they're, why they're still wearing masks. They know. I saw this really good meme for this today where it was a big ball and chain and the person was disconnected from the chain, but on the chain, it said vaccines, mandates, all that. So it's like you get so people are so into their comfort zone that they're scared to like almost go back to what things should be and things never will go back until everybody pushes for that like we've been saying you got to have that push and then you can't let them take it back and i mean we're starting to do pretty good at this as far as like going to war in the ukraine like we pretty much stopped that nobody wants to go over there nobody's willing to die for their country anymore because they know that their causes are bullshit back in the day they trick you and be like oh we're fighting for our freedom little did you know there was a hundred other things actually going on like I've referenced this a couple of times. Uh, I used to have the security guard that used to work at my old work and uh, he was a Vietnam veteran and he said he was part of like secret op programs. And he said that everybody in the war knew that the safest place was on the cocaine boats and both sides knew not to shoot the cocaine boats. Wow. <laughs> Shit goes deep, man. Yeah. You know, and that, but, but 
it's true though that that you you get we're not gonna we're not there's a certain segment of the population there's there's no going back they actually like this new version of reality they like that uh you'll be happy you know nothing (laughs) they yeah exactly uh they 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 like you know look for better or for worse, some people like being told what to do. Some people need to be told what to do. The problem is who's telling you, who's telling them what to do. Are they good guys or bad guys? If you have good guys in charge of these people, you can you can use them to uh, you can mobilize them to do great things, you know. But if you have the wrong people in charge of the sheeples, you get what we have now, which is you know, you don't even really need the government to police all of the, the government can never police all of the people. They just don't have the manpower to do it. A, a, a smart, well, a smart and evil government will destroy, will, will, will hit the public so hard that they let the one segment of the population take care of the business for them of checking the other half, you know, the, the, the group that won't participate, they don't have to, the government doesn't have to go down there and tell you, put your mask on everything. Your neighbor will. Yep. And that's, that's the, the devious thing, man. That's the, that's where you get into the, you know, uh, if you see something, say something like Janet Napolitano had that with the department of Homeland security saying, well, if you see something and say something, Oh, you mean like Julian Assange did like that. And people took this to heart and they, and so they're like, Hello, there's too many cars in my next door neighbor's driveway for Thanksgiving. I think they're having a party and we got to go break it up. Like that's the that's the real danger here. Government is can't can't, you know, they just they don't have the resources or the manpower to really do that. But when you deputize morons and give them the most important task of their life, people that had nothing going on in their lives before this, and you and you task them with saving the world from COVID. Those people are going to be like, I'm needed, I'm important, I'm special, they need, this is my duty, this is my mission, it's my goal in life, and then they go out and, and do the enforcing. That's the scariest part. That's, that's what you learn from history. That's what you learn from watching the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. That's what you learn when you watch all of these dictatorial um, empires in the past. They didn't do the killing. They had the people do the killing killing the other people so this is where we are it's like the most dangerous person in the whole covid narrative is not anthony fauci it's your next door neighbor because your next door neighbor is the one that's going to rat you out saying they disguise it with virtue signaling that's you know the new good terminology for it is that they make you feel like you're doing something good by trying to police others but realistically you're just pushing their agenda onto others and you're just brainwashed completely yourself especially during this covid thing like I pride myself in being one of the people they told me I had mandatory, I had to wear a mask at work and I refused to wear it. And I never wore one through any of COVID, but there was a few times at work that my girlfriend, like I said, I got her on this whole kick too. And uh, we got in trouble like good handful of times about it. And we got yelled at, at work and we still refused because there's other people at the work that are so scared and so pent up that they felt the need that they had to go and tell upper management on us, even though we weren't anywhere near them because we work in a totally different room from these specific people that started doing this stuff. So it's, it's scary to think that society's transitioned that far in where even, you know, they try not to let you remember history because they don't want you to see the patterns. And even going back to like Nazi Germany as like a perfect example for most of these types of things, they had to get all the people to start hating the Jewish people. Otherwise, they weren't going to have any 
means of doing anything. Like it wasn't right. a handful of the government that decided to imprison everybody and to put all these Jews in concentration camps. They got the majority of the country and the people were the ones doing this stuff. They were the ones torturing people. They were just, uh, you know, doing their little secret agenda in the back and experimenting on people while they got everybody else to rise up and take care of like what they saw was the problem for them. Yeah. And the key component of all of this is that in order to get people to do that to other human beings, you have to dehumanize them. You have to dehumanize the uh, the group, the, the marginalized group, you have the, the anti-vaxxers or the Jews or the whatever. <clears throat> you, you know, you have to call them, you know, in Vietnam, you have to call them gooks, you know, you have to call them, you know, whatever. You have to make them less than. And in, in World War II, there were, there were these posters of of the Japanese where they were just monkeys and savages. And if, but because if you can make the, if you can make the public think of them as something that is not quite human, then it's easier to kill them. But to kill another human being is, is requires a, a, a major commitment, but not if you, I mean, and the Israelis have done this to the Palestinians too, d- you know, describing them as insects and things like that. It's easy to step on a bug. It's hard mm. to step on a human, you know, but if you get people convinced that the other people aren't human, that they're somehow less than, then it becomes easier to do that. And that's a, of course, not an accident. This is the, this is the problem with, um, with, with the COVID situation that we live through. And I've been, I've been talking about this on, on my show and other shows that have gone on. It's like, you know, it was horrible living through all of that back, you know, two years ago, it's still bad living through it. But like, as a writer, I have to confess that it was a fascinating time to watch all of these things going on. I mean, it was awful, of course, but it was it was fascinating to sit like in the bleachers and watch the psychological tactics that were being used and watch, like I could, I could call it, you know, I could see it happening. I could see it unfolding in advance and just, and I would watch this, I'd watch how they were doing it. And I would just be like, man, this is like the, the Butterman's chart of coercion, like step one, one through six, like you're just going, you're just, I'm looking at this, this list and then I'm looking at what's happened. I'm going, they're just working their way down the list. I can, and people say, well, where do you see this going? I, say, well, I can tell you exactly where it's going. It's going to step three and then it's going to step four and step five and then step six, you know, not because I'm again, not because I have a crystal ball, but because I've seen, I know the structure of how this works. And I, and I have a buddy who I do a show with called day zero uh, named Corey Hughes. And he's really he's the, he's maybe the best researcher that I know. And he was doing hardcore research into propaganda and the tactics that were used and things like that. And he would show me these, these reports that he had from like the Stasi and from like uh, NKVD and from like the, the Nazis and things like that. And I was like, Holy shit, we are quite literally following their checklist down to a T, like even the terminology that they were using is the same. It's like, so, so like we're in a, I mean, I hate to sound all, all Alex Jones, but like we're in an information war. Oh we're yeah. In an info war. Like, like who's got the best information. If you've got information and you understand how this all works, you, you look like a, you look like a savant. You look like you can see things coming months in advance. Like we've been calling this, for a, a long, long time. Oh, well, this is going to happen and this is going to happen next. How do you know this? I know it because it's history. I know Getting it because patterns. this is what they do. It's patterns. They just got sneakier at the propaganda. That's what it comes down to. They hide it in planes. Right. Back in the day, they could be, have it right in front of you and there wasn't this concept of propaganda yet. So people just kind of looked at it and was like, okay, whatever. 
now it's so fine-grained hidden into things that people don't even catch it anymore like even on the other side of it where it's like uh two good movies i like to reference is the men who stare at goats they try to show like how ridiculous this program is to try to discredit conspiracy theorists as far as i'm concerned so they try to make it into this goofy comedy so that even conspiracy theorists are watching this like wow this is fucking crazy like what am i even following here and then you got movies like uh don't look up if you've seen that one where it's I like, haven't seen it yet, but but I I know what it, I I haven't seen it yet, but I know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just there's like the conspiracy theorists running around trying to tell everybody, and everybody just wants to believe the politicians. Like without ruining the movie for you, that's like the, the very vague way of describing it. And in yeah. the end, of course, the conspiracy theorists end up being right, and everybody yeah. doesn't want to listen. And it's too late. Yeah, it's funny that the men stare at goats is based on a true story. It's based on Stanford Research Institute and Pat Price and all these guys that were remote viewers that were actually doing this stuff. And they're like, "Oh, you, I mean, we're gonna make it all, all, wah, 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 you know, like funny and and look at all these guys, you know, look at these dummies, this fake stuff and everything." Really, the government was paying for that stuff. Those guys were real. Ingo Swan predicted. Ingo Swan saw the rings around Jupiter uh, four months before the Voyager probes got there and confirmed it. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 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 because they know that it's going to come to the surface at some point, so they have to make it ridiculous. It's almost like, uh, right. like people owning up to somebody laughing at them. It just makes it so there's less of an impact where if they didn't release that and make it funny and somebody else released it and made it a serious movie, then they would have had a problem on their hands. For sure, yeah. You, you, see, you, you, you start to get familiar with the tactics and, and things like this uh, uh, over and over again. And, uh, and of course, once again, the media is the one that is that is putting this out there in conjunction with Hollywood. They 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 found a, a good way to try to discredit real events uh, by by painting them in you know making them into a comedy, mock, mocking terms. Right? Yeah, yeah. Comedies making them comedies, and also they found a way to to hide real things by making them science fiction. Like, oh, mm-hmm. look at all this stuff that that could never in a million years happen, except that you know, like minority report <laughs> yep. you know, that comes out and you're like, uh, th- that's like not science fiction. That's actually happening. That movie came out in 2002 and in like half the, st- it's supposed to be said in like 2052 and, uh, half that stuff is, uh, already here. So. Even black mirror. It's like they ran out of episodes because it got so close to normal life where it's like, they're talking about the chips in the back of the neck. That's what Elon Musk is doing. These go extinct. They make little robotic bees. What's going to happen? Somebody's going to hack them. They're going to learn how to kill politicians and stuff with them. Like almost everything from that show slowly is becoming true. Even just like the one episode where uh, they have to try to create laws for basically putting somebody into a system because there's a woman who wants to see her kid grow up. She's going to die. They turn her into uh, like a trans whatever human. Uh, They put her into a machine. And then she's inside of this teddy bear and she can only pretty much hit two buttons. So it's like she's imprisoned for all of eternity within this thing. And then they have to make laws accordingly because they realize that people can't live in the system. They can only communicate with two words. And it's like, we're getting there and people don't even right. realize it. Even right, cloning. Right. Dude, Black Mirror is such a great show, <laughs> you know, I mean, but a, a little too like close to home, you know, like it's, it's kind of, it's a little too on the nose when they're like predicting all this wacky stuff. And it's like, Oh, we're going to have this episode where like this robot dog goes and hunts down these people. And it's like, yeah, Boston Dynamics is building those things. <laughs> I was about, just about to say, and even the whole, uh, there's an episode where they work out to go home, to sit in this room that's a computer that they buy stuff online or whatever. I've been saying this to people forever that people are like, oh no, they're not going to do that. You know, you're, you're going to own nothing and be happy. But I'm like, all right, well, what are NFTs? What are downloadable content for games? 
What are all the clothes that you're buying for your character in Facebook metaverse? Like you're moving into this. You don't even realize that you're turning into this Black Mirror episode. And if AI takes over, theoretically, like all the job market, so to speak, like there's not gonna be anything left for humans to do. And even Elon Musk is talking about the like global universal income thing. But another way to get around that is just have humans create the power for the machines. And then you end up with that Black Mirror episode where people are just sitting on treadmills all day for eight hours to go home and to buy more crap online that they never actually get to have for, for themselves. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. I mean, <laughs> just tired. I'm tired of us being like early on this. You know, we're, we're just, we're, we, 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 uh, I'm tired of being right about all this crazy stuff. I wish we, you know, I just wish it, it's such a frustration of mine because Sometimes you wish you'd be of, wrong. <laughs> the amount of effort that goes into all of this, you know, building this global enslavement, like if you took even half of that energy and, and just decided, look, we were going to use it to make the world better. Think of where we would be. We'd be so much more advanced or we'd be at least so much happier. We just have a different version of, I don't know, reality, but somewhere along the way, we, we allowed the wrong people to make, to, to, well, that we, we, we allowed the wrong people to get into positions of power and uh, we didn't kick them out. And so we're kind of stuck with them there for now, but I don't know that that's going to, I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of optimism in me that says that, you know, they're waking up a huge percentage of the population. I feel like they're being rushed. In the, the, these, these globalist maniac people are, are having are feeling the need to rush things. And that's probably a good sign because if you rush your plans, you'll tend to make mistakes. And so I think that, um, you know, we're at a real pivotal point. I mean, we know 2030 is that benchmark year that they have set for the sustainable develop development agenda, 2030 build back better, all that stuff is pegged to that date. It feels like they've moved up the clock to like 2025 to me. Like, like someone was like, you guys are behind schedule, like hurry up. These people are figuring it all out. Well, if we're going to get to a point where we're either completely enslaved and it's over or the system breaks down, it just cannot continue with, with the, the lies and the, and the nonsense that they're, that they're pushing that because nobody really wants this. Nobody really wants the metaverse. Nobody wants to eat bugs and live in micro apartments. It's like a, advertising campaign for global communism with it with like a a real slick uh brochure and great television commercials but when you peel back just a little bit you realize this is this is hell this is this is depopulation this is global enslavement this is digital enslavement and um this is what they want for us kings and serfs and guess which ones we are i mean even going back to the being scared to do do things even like normal people, it's like it's unfortunate that we have to be cogs in the system also in order to be able to fund doing projects like this, because it's like you can feel it pulling away from your soul every day. And as you're yep. doing it, you can see the patterns that they purposely set things up a certain way to make you feel and think a certain way because they don't want you to be able to do research like this. So they try to set it up where you go to work all day or you wake up first, you go to work all day, you come home, you're tired, you take care of your kids, you eat dinner. And they have all these distracting things. Like I've always said that sports are intended to be a huge distraction that pulls everybody away and also polarizes people. So it's two birds, one stone right. uh, where people literally fight and start riots over their sports teams. Right. And then, you know, because they're spending all this time and effort looking into what team or who's getting traded next or who's doing this, where that's like a whole other world of things. They're able to pull all this slice shit on the back half 
And then, you know, people like us make time for this kind of shit. And this is like what they're still trying to push us away from. And that's yeah. why a lot of the time too, I say that like the things that are legal as far as mind altering things go, they're purposely things so that you don't expand your mind to like think about these types of topics. Like they want you to go home, get drunk as hell where you can't even stand up properly because then you of course can't start putting pieces together to a puzzle because you can barely walk down your hallway. <laughs> Nobody's interested in fighting the new world order after a 12 pack of beer. Exactly. Yeah. The funniest part about that was we were all called conspiracy theorists for saying that for the past 10 years. And now they're saying it in the straight media. Like uh, there was something where it was Hillary Clinton and she was in an interview and somebody questioned something about the new world order. And she completely tried her best to not repeat that phrasing. And she said like that community or something like that. It was on no agenda also, but say it's, it's in the plain sight and people still don't want to see it. I don't get it. <laughs> well, it, that's it. That's it. There's a lot of people. They just don't want to see it. You know, what are they going to, what am I going to do? What am I, you know, what do you want me to do about this? I have my own problems and I got this, you know, there's a million excuses. There's a million reasons why you wouldn't want to get involved, but, but in the end, like it's all hands on deck at this point, like you, you better wake, you know, people need to wake up now or it's, or it may be too late because, and I don't mean to be like so dramatic about it, but, but really like they are trying to build, like if they allow central bank digital currencies that are programmable money, then they can just pro and, and they get rid of physical money and move just to that. Then you have, you're sitting on dollars or digital dollars that are programmable that the central banks can program to expire at some point, or they can program it that it doesn't work for, um, you know, only works on the company store, like at Amazon and Walmart, or you can't buy anything. Like it's totally trackable. What are you going to do? Go buy weed with, with your digital dollars that arrest you immediately. Or, or it becomes a voucher at that point where they can almost tell you what you can and can't buy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there, so like it, it is, I'm not being dramatic in this sense that, that if we allow this stuff to happen, it's going to fundamentally change the way we interact with, with each other. It's going to remove privacy completely from our money supply. I mean, there's something to be said about having cash in your pocket and you can go do whatever you want with it, whether it's good or bad. And, and who's to decide whether what you're doing with your money is bad. Maybe you just want to do something that is unusual. Maybe you want to go on a trip, but, but they say you can't go on a trip. Your, your carbon score is too high. Your social credit score is too low. You know, you can't go anywhere. So like, like the, these things, and you go, well, they would never do that. Well, listen, you'll own nothing and, and like it. What if you don't have a car anymore? What if you have, what if you do have a car, but it's, it's a self-driving car and it's set that it's not allowed to let you out of the city. <laughs> I've been saying too that they're trying to push the gas prices so high that it's so that everybody switches to electric cars and then they could essentially just say, all right, nobody's driving today. <sighs> Shut everything down. Oh, listen, if 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 people don't think that there will be global warming, climate change lockdowns, then they're fooling themselves because after the COVID lockdowns, that was a dress rehearsal for global warming lock lockdowns. You're oh well, you know, it's it's Saturday and, you know, we, 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 we need to, you know, you have an, an odd, you know, it's the last letter, the last number on your license plate. If it's odd numbered, then you can't drive on Saturday. And if it's even number, then you can't drive on Sunday. You know, like they did that during gas, gas rationing back in the seventies. It was like even numbers could buy gas on this day and odd numbers could buy gas on the other day based on your license plate. Like, they could set something up like that where you you're just not allowed to your car doesn't work on certain days. 
it's you know because of the environment which is totally fake and fraud fraudulent and all those things but 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 it doesn't matter because that's going to be the pretext and then all of the mask karens and the you know and the people that were monitoring their neighbors thanksgiving uh cars in the driveway those people will pivot from from that to climate you're going to destroy the planet. I've got to, I'm going to call the police. You can just see, you can just extrapolate from COVID, take all that mental illness and that insanity that, that, that those people were, were put through and then just take, take COVID out and just replace it with the new form, which is global warming and watch those people go nuts over that too. So uh, I, I think it's really important that we talk about that in the alternative media about where we're going with regard to the climate change thing, which is a total fake fraudulent component, which is a carbon tax. But I think that back to it, the world changes itself through history anyway. So who's to say that we're the ones causing it, but it's not just naturally doing it itself because we've gone through ice ages and a bunch of different periods. Of course. And if you look at the real statistics, it shows that like our, where our carbon levels are now, there's they're lower than they've been, you know, at multiple points during history. And, 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 and frankly, the, the, the Icelandic volcano that went off about 10 years ago, put more carbon in the atmosphere than all of industrialized humanity combined. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The planet's doing it to itself. Yeah. Cause it's intended to do it. Cause it's in the process of doing a natural change that it's supposed to do. Right. Right. But I'd be more scared of freezing than heat because heat, at least you still have life. Right. It takes me back to the George Carlin bit where he's talking about plastics. He's like, you know, it, the earth is not going anywhere. The earth is not in trouble. If you like, we, inv- we invented plastics. It'll just be the earth plus plastics. Maybe the earth needed human beings to create plastics. You know, he does this whole, this whole bit about it, about global warming 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, God, George Carlin, I wish he had written my history book. You know, what's funny so too is that was accurate. Reading a, uh, reading a quote from him today, too, that was kind of about, talking about sheeple, too. Actually, let's see if I can bring it up on my phone. So he, he has so many good best. things that he, that he says. Here it is. Governments don't want an intelligent population because people who can think critically can't be ruled. They want a public just smart enough to pay taxes, dumb enough to keep voting and electing corrupt politicians. Yep. Smart enough to work the machines, dumb enough to not figure out how badly they're getting screwed over. It's, it's, it's funny, though, because here we are outraged about all this stuff. George Carlin was outraged about this 40 years ago. And he was right. And the thing is that it's it's like, it's never gone away. It's just our turn to figure it out, you know, much like it was his turn to figure it out uh, a generation or two earlier, but uh, they still run the same scams. They still um, want the same things, which is more for them, less for us. And, you know, it'd be, it's just, it's better off. We're better off figuring this out sooner rather than later so that we can plan accordingly. So, and I feel like that's part of the reason why they kind of try to do this generational divide. If you've noticed like the, Hey boomer, all that kind of stuff is because they don't want multiple generations of people putting these pieces together. So it's another polarization that they're trying to have happen where, you know, the young people don't want to talk to the older people and back and forth because as soon as they start comparing things, they're going to realize how much shit's similar. And then you're going to have a whole new generation that figures shit out way sooner. For sure. Yeah. The, 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 the tactic that works really well is to divide and conquer, to keep us from communicating with each other. I, I was convinced that that was the reason why the bars and every, and the churches were closed during COVID was that they just didn't want 
these central meeting points where people could get together and say, this seems like bullshit to me. What do you think? And they have someone else go, yeah, me too. I, 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 I was wondering if I was the only one going crazy, you know, where you get all these people together where they start putting their heads together and, and figuring this stuff out. They just didn't want that. So little did they know we started doing it on the internet over podcasts. Cause that's when the big blow up of podcast started. We found our way. <laughs> I know, I know nature finds a way to persevere through all of this. <laughs> exactly. There's always going to be us. Because I mean, thinking about, I've heard this, this uh, reference the other day and I really enjoyed it that the conspiracy theorists of the Bible were the prophets. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And they were yeah, called I the mean, conspiracy theorists until the event happens and now they're a prophet. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're all crazy until it, it's funny. It's we're all insane lunatics until the things that we start talking about wind up happening. And then the next thing you know, you get calls or emails from your friends saying, Hey man, um, what do you know about this stuff? You think you could tell me? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was crazy a year ago, right? Now you want my advice on this stuff? Hey, man, what do you think about these vaccines? Like, oh, well, uh, let me give you a couple episodes of my show that you can go, you can go dig through and you can find out for yourself. Yeah, we're we're always going to be early, and when you're early, you're always going to sound crazy, and 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 that's okay. But uh, we just have to kind of. Um, I don't know, stick together, keep talking about these things, try to try to uh, understand that people come to this information at different times, different stages in their lives. Uh, some of them never come to it at all. Some are early, some are late. Some, some don't want to figure it out. Some desperately want to figure it all out, you know? So everyone's on a different little schedule as far as, as far as their awakening or, or lack of awakening. And, um, and I'm willing to talk to people that want to talk about this and explain it as best as I can, but I am unwilling and out of energy to try to debate people that just want to call me a moron for something, you know, for, for this stuff, for pointing out the COVID things or to call me anti-science or anything. It's like, I've made my points like I stand by them. If you're, if you want to debate me for it, keep wearing three masks in your car by yourself. See how that works out for it. Keep, keep injecting yourself with mystery poisons and see how, see how well you do, you know, because I, I just don't, I'm not going to focus. I'm not going to put my time there. It's got to be focused elsewhere on the people that are willing, you know, that are, are, are kind of waking up to this and want to like, Hey, help me out. Like, help me explain, like, help me understand this. This is, I feel like I'm, there's something weird going on, but I don't really know what it is. I'll talk to those people for as long as they need it. But the people that just want to argue, go argue with someone else, you know? Yeah, exactly. I actually have a good quote for this one too. Strong minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Weak minds discuss people. And that's kind of what it comes down to is that, you know, we're discussing ideas and events, but they're trying to push everybody to be the weak minded that are sitting here going back to the slap discussing people. <laughs> of course. Could you imagine being like one of those people that like, could you imagine like, working in, in Capitol Hill, like in Congress, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't ever live with myself. If I, if I was, I don't know, just to sell out humanity for what, for money. Oh, gross. There's a lot of that going on everywhere, including at my work too. There's a, there's a big corporate takeover that's going on. And I see all these people that started off as very humble people. And now they're, uh, you know, you wave that carrot in front of their face and now they're completely willing to just shit on everybody behind them in the process to get that carrot. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, uh, it's not a good time. We're, we're uh, you know, for for dealing with uh, broken people and and 
COVID broke a lot of people's brains. Um, and, Made a lot strong too. Yeah. Kind yeah, of like a double-edged I, sword. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people that are going to come out of this way better off um, and never, they're never going to buy the, they're never going to trust the, the media. They're never going to trust the medical institutions. They're never going to trust the CDC and the FDA. And they shouldn't. These are criminal organizations. These are cartels that have, that are in positions to deceive you and keep you from knowing what's actually going on there. They do the exact opposite of what their stated mission is. And the sooner people figure that out, the better off they'll be. Exactly. So it's probably about time that we start wrapping up here. So is there any uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to leave anybody, everybody with? We're all on this mission to try and figure out how it all works. I've got my favorite quote in my octopus book, and there are 700 quotes in that book um, from 500 different people. My favorite quote in that book is from Stephen Bassett. He's the executive director of Paradigm Research Group, which is mostly a UFO group. And I'm sort of, I'm sort of paraphrasing the quote because it's a long one. It's like three paragraphs long. But he basically says, You're, you come into this world with the intention of trying to figure out how it all works. It's like a big, gigantic puzzle, like a, a thousand pieces of a puzzle. And when you come into this world, they hand you this box with all the pieces and you dump this out and you start trying to put the puzzle together with all these pieces. But he said, but there's a problem. The government that you live under has made a decision, a political decision for political purposes. They've decided to take some of the pieces out of your box and throw them away. But what's worse is that they've decided to take a couple pieces from someone else's box and put them in your box. And then you go around about this life trying to put this puzzle together, assuming that you have all the right pieces for it. Never, never actually figuring out how it all works. And that is a very effective tactic used by the state in order to deceive and control people. So I might have the piece to, I might have one of the pieces that you need for your puzzle. And you might have one of the pieces that you need for my puzzle. I'm only going to know that if we work together and we figure this out. So collaboration's the way to go. Work with your friends and family, the people that you can reach, reach them. The people that you can't, it's not their time. Don't, don't make yourself feel bad. Don't make yourself insane. Trying to wake up people that are pretending to be asleep. It'll never work. Focus on those that you can impact and affect. Do the best you can. Do it with logic and reason and love and compassion and understand that not everybody is where you are in this journey. And in the end, if everybody is doing the best they can to wake people up, I think we'll get out of this in good shape, but uh, it's now or never. Well, yeah, for sure. Especially with uh, freedom of speech being infringed upon, the right to choose what goes in and out of your body. There's just a list and it's all happening at once. So this is the time when everything's crashing together that everybody definitely needs to start rising up. Yep. One last question before we go to, um, if you'd like to tell everybody where you can find your books and yep. any other info to come and find you on the internet. Sure. Podcast is called Macroaggressions. It's available in audio format wherever podcasts are served. The video versions are found on David Icke's platform, Iconic, on Rockfin, on Odyssey, and Band.Video. My website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. And through there, you can find information about all the things I've been doing. Digital versions of my book are, are available there via PayPal. Uh, and the physical books themselves are available on Amazon. The Octopus of Global Control, 
the controlled demolition of the American empire. And the last one is hypocrisy, surviving in a world of cultural double standards. Oh, you can also follow me on Twitter at macroaggression, but, but uh, they've kicked me off once. <laughs> They'll kick me off again. I don't know. Try and see if I can hang on and, and, until there's a change of ownership there. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that'll do anything or not, but it might, it can't hurt. It can't be any worse than what we currently have with, with Twitter. I think we'll see. All those fails, I'm sure another platform will pop up and then we'll all be on that one. And then we'll all get pushed off that one. Then there'll be a new one. It'll just be an ongoing thing. You just got to follow all of us all through the platforms. (laughs) That's right. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed our conversation a whole lot. That's what I was about to say. I thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. To everybody out there, hopefully we, uh, our words got to you. And I really hope that you start to learn to put the little pieces together yourselves and figure out the puzzle for yourself. And if you can't do that, like he said, you definitely got to... Talk to your community and figure out if they have the pieces that you're missing. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic question for the show, or has anything they feel they can contribute to the show, please send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. If you'd like to donate to the show so I can eventually do this as a full-time thing, please check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash inquiriesofourrealitypodcast. And of course, follow me on social media for updates on the show. For Instagram, it's going to be www.instagram.com slash inquiries of our reality. And for Facebook, it's going to be www.facebook.com slash inquiries of our reality podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.